Well, thank you very much. It's lovely to be with you this morning. And uh, it's nice to see what you're doing here. Uh, I was telling someone uh, was coming here and they're very interested uh, because they believe where their church is. Uh, they think it'd be a lot better getting rid of the church and actually doing what you're doing yourselves, getting into the shopping centre and, uh, and having a shop. Um, but it's good to come and share with you. Just to say, as Graham was saying about DVDs, there was a man down in England uh, sometimes there's churches down there vacant and they just show DVDs as an outreach program and so he just put it together and it's a, the testament some other bits and pieces as well and you use it as a, an outreach tool so some of them come in yesterday so they're there anyway and they're freebies and everybody likes a freebie so if you can use it to give away to friends who need to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, St. Graham about sharing about some of the things that's happening uh, and through the work of the Faith Mission we've been holding uh, uh, some gospel missions and you know we can really look back this year and say how faithful God has been, how great of God's faithfulness it's been wonderful to see people coming uh, and putting their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ you know <clears throat> we had a, a kids camp this summer uh, over in Edinburgh and we had 27 children at the kids camp and it was my wife and I's first time running a kids camp we've been many, a helper at many camps but this is the first time running it and it changes the pressure for you but I want to tell you we had many people praying for us and we knew the blessing and the power of God it was absolutely wonderful but in amongst the 27 children 5 of them put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and it was great just to see the kids uh, responding uh, to the good news. So we're up in Lewis there, and we had a wonderful, um, I'm sure you've heard about the Lewis revival. Uh, we're up around Lewis, and uh, we met, it was many years ago with Duncan Campbell. But we had a tent mission, and we uh, ended up about over 200 coming to this tent mission. And we had different people coming in every single night, and we just knew the Lord's help. And the Lord's strength, and uh, for the sake of time, just to tell you about some of the girls were coming along who weren't Christians, their kids, their husbands were watching the kids, and they come along and they just cry. They, they just weep their way through the service. And uh, what happened is a couple of them put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when we moved away as well, the minister was telling us that <clears throat> um, some of them uh, put, came to the church and gave their life to Christ as well. We know about four people. And then there was another lady who came. In the Lewis Revival, there's still, still some folk living. And two of the ladies who got converted in the Lewis Revival, they started coming to the meetings, but their carer brought them. And their carer wasn't a Christian. And they would come along, you see a just plain simple gospel message, and we've heard since saying the carer has put a trust in the Lord. Now that's absolutely wonderful. How God, God is working in people's lives, and people are getting saved. Um, with a mission in uh, Airdrie Ebenezer. You know Airdrie, um, some of you know Airdrie Ebenezer. And there was a lady who was going along to the church, uh, Christians brought her along. You know, this lady was 71 years of age, and she'd been going to church for 70 years. Her mum took her when she was one, and then when she was old enough, she started going herself. And for 70 years, she was going to church. And that Friday night, that gospel mission, she gave her life to the Lord. She became a Christian. She was going to a church where they never told her she had to get saved or become get right with God. And at 71, and here she is, 
giving her life to Christ. I get word through not that long ago that she's getting baptised. She's asked for baptism. Isn't that wonderful? 71 years of age, and here she is. She's going to get baptised, and she's bringing her friends along to the service as well. You know, God's arm isn't too short that it cannot save. God is working. And God is doing things out there in uh, the, our communities. Um, we had a mission in Drum Chapel, we had a mission in Stenhouse Muir as well, and then we're heading up to Oban next year, and then some other places. So please pray if it comes across your mind, please pray that we'll know God's blessing and God's power, because it is wonderful that what God is doing in our land in these days, and actually, you're actually in a good position here to have a gospel mission because of your traffic. This is a great setup here. So I'll leave that with the leaders. Uh, but it's wonderful that, that God is working in people's lives. I know sometimes the difficulties in churches, what we find, we move around about Scotland. I know where the difficulties come in. When Christians don't bother. There are a lot of Christians and they don't bother. They don't bother whether there are people out there and are lost, condemned and heading for hell. Long as I'm alright. As long as I'm alright, I'm fine. And some Christians have lost their, their burden for the lost. And another difficulty we find in churches is when a church has got quite a lot of people going to their church and they can pay all their bills. When they've got a good number going and they can pay all their bills, they forget. They forget about the lost people who are dying and going to a lost eternity. Let's make sure we don't fall into that. Because if somebody once says, well, we've only got one life and it'll soon be passed and only what we do for Christ will last. So if you've, if you've got your Bible with you, would you like to turn to First Thessalonians? 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 <clears throat> and we'll read from verse 1 1 Thessalonians and chapter 1 and we'll read from verse 1 Paul, Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grace and peace to you we always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers we continually remember before our God and our Father your work produced by faith your labour prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived amongst you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not, on, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, 
we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, the resurrected, uh, the, the, uh, Jesus who who rescues us from his coming wrath. Amen. Thank you very much. Thanks for your help. Hey, I'm actually uh, dyslexic, so thanks for your help. And I, I, I stumble over that word there. Let's just come before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we come before you. And as our, fa- as our faces differ, so do our needs. And I pray for everyone this morning. I pray for whatever's going on in their heart. And for whatever's going on in their mind, I pray that it won't hinder them from listening to what God wants to say to us this morning. And we know that man cannot create an anxious thought, an anxious thought and end his heart. So Lord, we turn to the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray that the Spirit of God would have free access in our meeting this morning. We bind the devil in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Father, for anything that's hindering your glory, anything that's hindering your presence, anything that's hindering your power this morning, we resist it in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, come and speak. Speak into our lives that the hearer would hear from you and that those who are listening would hear from you. Father, we need help this morning. And it's a help from above. Is your help. And Lord we ask come. Come and speak. That Jesus would be exalted. That Jesus would be uplifted. And that we would know his presence. Because it's his presence that makes a difference. We pray for the children. And the Sunday school. We pray that you be with them Father. And we pray very early on in life. That they'll put their faith and trust in you. That they'll grow up to be young men and young ladies who know and love and walk with God. And that you would use them in this area, this community, for your glory. So have your way in our midst. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. The book of Thessalonians, uh, it's amazing how God used the people there. The Apostle Paul was the one who founded it in his second missionary journey. And his Paul was there with Paul, Silas and Timothy. And while they're there, they get a lot of opposition. Uh, but there was some Jews get saved. A multitude of Greeks get saved. And you can read all about it in Acts chapter 17. And it was wonderful what God was doing as Paul was preaching the gospel. But what happened is, the, the religious people there... They were furious. They were angry that God, uh, Paul was preaching about Jesus. And these Jews were getting converted uh, and putting their trust in Christ. And uh, also these Greeks were getting converted and putting their trust in Christ. And the religious people, what they decided to do is pay money for the people who stood about in the street corners. And uh, <clears throat> they came up. And they caused problems in the meetings. They wanted to disturb the meeting so that there would be a problem. And there was a big problem, a big problem because of these people coming in. And you know something? See, today, be careful of religion. Religion can do you a lot of damage. 
And sometimes in the Christian church, there can be people, and all that is religious, and they're having a relationship with God through Christ. And these religious people cause a problem. So what happened is Paul and Silas and Timothy, they to run, they to get away. And then what happened is later on, Paul sent Timothy back to see how the church was doing. He sent them back to find out how they're getting on, the church in Thessalonica. And I'll just read it out, but in chapter 3, verse 6, it says, this is Paul writing to them, he says, But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you have always have pleasant memories of us, and that you long to see us just as we also long uh, to see you. And here is Timothy coming back with a great report about them. And wouldn't it be great, <clears throat> wouldn't it be wonderful, if the founders of this church here, if they'd moved away, and then in ten years later, they came back and they found that the, the church was bursting at the seams because God was doing something. You know, there was a, a, a mission going on. Uh, this people, uh, Christians were holding this big gospel mission. And one of the local street sellers heard about it. And he thought he'd make a, a quick pound because he knew all these Christians were coming. And he decided to buy all these crosses. And he was shouting as the Christians were going into the meetings. He was shouting, cheap cross, cheap cross, three for a pound. Cheap cross, cheap cross, three for a pound. And isn't that true today? Sometimes in our Christian life, we want to carry a cheap cross. But yet Jesus says, if any man come after me, he must deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me daily. And that's what we need to experience today. We need to experience men and women who are willing to deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow Christ day by day. And in verses 2 and verse 3, we read about these people. We always thank you, we always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And here are these people, and Paul is writing to them, and he's encouraging them, because these people were genuinely converted, even though they came to know God in a very difficult time, when there was persecution. Paul writes back to them, and he speaks about their work produced by faith. Their labour eh, eh, prompted by love and their endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. These people, th their lives were different. And the people around about them could see they were different because they not only said that they were converted, people could see that they were converted. People could see in their life that their life was changed because they put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says to them, we always thank God for all of you, mention you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, these people weren't just saying that they were converted. People could see through their life they were converted. I'm going to embarrass Sandy. When Sandy's name gets mentioned in my family, it's always it's something positive that Sandy done. 
And Sandy, that was 21 years ago, yesterday. 21 years ago, yesterday, my wee brother was murdered. Uh, we had no money for the funeral. We just had to get some cash together. And we went to where Sandy uh, was working on uh, the 21st of this month. And Sandy done a wonderful cup of tea and coffee and, and sandwiches and, and uh, bacon. And says, Gordon, it's a gift from God. And every time that man's mentioned in our family, we always thank God for him. Because he wasn't all talk in his Christian life. Because we were in trouble. We were in a situation that we didn't think was going to happen. We brother only 27. My mum had no money. I was at college. There was a shortage of cash. And Sandy stepped in. And what I'm saying here is, these people were living what they believed in. And if we want people in our community to believe in what we believe, we have got to live what we believe. You can't be all talk with no action. And here are these people, and they weren't all talk, they were living. Living what they believed. And people could see what they believed because of the way they were living. James says, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, it is dead. And then Jesus himself says, in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. These people were converted. And the people round about knew that they were converted because of their lifestyle. Do you know your neighbour looks at your life? Your neighbour watches you. Your family members watch you. People that you know look at your life. They maybe not tell you, but they watch you. And if you profess to be a child of God, have you professed to be converted, to be saved, to be a child of God? They look at your life and they watch what way you behave. And in Thessalonica, these people were looking at their life and they could see the, the change in their life. It wasn't just all talk, it's the way they were living as well. And you know something? Christians should be the best neighbour. Christians should be the best neighbour in the street or wherever they live. If we truly know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we want to be a witness for God's glory, then we have to watch what we will behave. Because our heartbeat should be a heartbeat for God. And here were these people... And they were converted. And people could see what is committed. There was a change in their life. But they were not only converted, but they were totally committed to what they believed in. In verses 5, 6 and 7. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. 
you know how we lived amongst you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. So you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You see, these people, yes, they were converted, but they were committed. They were committed to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we know they were committed? Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived amongst you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You see, first of all, it wasn't only the people in Thessalonica who were committed. The Apostle Paul was committed. The preacher was committed. Because Paul says, you became an imitator of us. You see, Paul was living for God. Paul was living for the glory of God. And isn't that a wonderful testimony that Paul could say, you just became imitators of us. In other words, the way that Paul was living, the way that he was living for the glory of God, the Thessalonica people, the folks from Thessalonica, they just followed Paul because he was living for Jesus, so they were living for Jesus. And that's why people need to see in our lives, in the leadership's lives, of churches all round about, leaderships need to lead and lead in godliness, and holiness, and righteousness. How often do you hear in churches about fighting, and, and backbiting, and gossiping, and that's in leadership. And how can you lead when, you, when you're living in an ungodly lifestyle, and ungodly behavior? If you're in a place of office in the church, and uh, a Christian, uh, and in leadership, you have to live with a desire in your heart that you're living for the glory of God, that the people God has put you over, they can see Christ in your life. Somebody once says to Robert Murray McShane, have you heard of Robert Murray McShane, the man who was used in Dundee, a free church minister in revival? Somebody once says to him, what is your congregation's greatest need? And Robert Murray McShane paused. And then he says, my congregation's greatest need is to see my personal holiness. My congregation's greatest need is to see my personal holiness. And that's what people need to see today. A desire in Christians' hearts to live holy unto the Lord. To live righteous unto the Lord. Now what does that mean? That doesn't mean being pious, carrying a, a big mass of black Bible under your arm and having a miserable looking face. That's no holiness. Holiness is having a heart that wants to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Where in your heart you want to live for the glory of God. Where you may be in a situation and humanly and, and the flesh you'd like to deal with it in a different way. But spiritually you need to come and say, God, I want to deal with it your way. And here are these people. And Paul was committed. But not only Paul, but the people were committed as well. Because 
Paul says how they lived, even under they suffered uh, persecution, they were still living for the glory of God because uh, they became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You know what we need today? You know what Scotland needs today? Scotland needs Christians to live the Christian life. That's the bottom line. Men and women who say they love Jesus, to love him with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their strength. To not just be all talk and no action, but to truly worship the Lord. And one of the biggest difficulties in our land today is, somebody once says, when the pulpit's weak, our country's weak. When the pulpit's weak, our country's weak. And nowadays we're not hearing the gospel the way we should hear the gospel. Don't upset anybody. Don't hurt anybody. Don't cause any division. Say nothing. Let everybody think what they want. We have to believe what the Bible says. The Bible is our measuring stick. Not the politicians. It's the word of God is our measuring stick. Not the modern trend. It's the scriptures. That's what we go by. The word of God is our measuring stick. And that's why as Christians, we need to be biblical thinkers. We need to think, what does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? And that's to be our standards. It's not what you think, what you think, and what I think. It's what does God think? And that's the way we have to live. But the problem comes in. These people are committed. And where, where is the problem? The problem is there's a cost in being committed. And not everybody wants to pay the cost. Because we read verse 9 and it says, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. You see, these people in Thessalonians, Thessalonica, their conversion was so real that they were totally committed to the things of God. So much so that they were willing to pay the cost of going through with God. They turned they, they, they tell how you turned from God from idols to serve the true and living God. They turned from sinful living to Christ. They turned from dark lifestyle to fall in the light. They turned from idol worship to worshiping the true and living God. And so intense was their, their conversion. So real was their conversion that people were talking about them. People were talking about them because they could see the, the difference in their life. William Booth says, go for sinners and go for the worst. You know, I had the privilege of being in Drumchapel Baptist uh, for 17 years as a minister there. And we, we've seen some great things happening and people's lives who were broken and living in just real darkness and, and just life screwed up and mixed up. But God stepped in and saved them. 
And I remember being invited to this other area to go and speak about the work in Drum Chapel. Now, Drum Pad Chapel is known as a deprived area and all the rest of it, but I'll tell you the folk of the soul of the earth. This other area where I was going, I'll not tell you where it is, and it wasn't the Bears Den, because that's a public place. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Bears Den. But it was a money area where people had all their private homes, they had plenty of cars in the drive, foreign holidays, looked like no shortage of cash, and they invited me to come and speak about Drum Chapel. And you know what the title was? The Dark Side of the City. I had to go and speak about the dark side of the city. Because their side wasn't dark. Because they were up the ladder. They hadn't a clue about the cross. Because at the cross, Calvary ground is level. Is level ground. Now, I know the minister. I know the minister now who's at that church. And uh, he says to me, Gordon, they're on tablets, they're all off their heads. <laughs> no, no disrespect of you on tablets, I just realised what it says. <laughs> uh, I just feel <laughs> uh, they're not a problem being tablets, but he says, Gordon, they're on tablets for everything, they're off their heads. But they invited me to come and speak about the dark side of a city. And I want to tell you, you're valuable. And don't think you're more valuable because maybe God's blessed you. And maybe life's a wee bit easier in certain ways. Because Calvary ground is level. It's level. It's not level one, level two, and level three. And these people... They were willing to pay the cost of going through with God. And I believe God is looking for men and women today. Men and women who are saying, I'm willing to pay the cost. I don't want to get caught up with gossip. I don't want to get caught up with backbiting. I don't want to get caught up with fighting. I want to get caught up with God. And living for the glory of God. And that's where these people were. And that's why they were a witness in their community. Because they were living for the glory of God. Kathleen Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army's wife. wife. Kathleen Booth was one day a, a, an open air in, in London. And what happened is uh, they were outside this pub preaching the gospel. And it, obviously you know when they, how long ago this would have been if it was Kathleen Booth. And a woman got through out the pub because she was steaming drunk. And when she got through out the pub, she, her hair was seemingly was matted, she was smelly, she was dirty, and she was drunk. And she fell at the feet of Kathleen Booth. And as she fell at the feet of Kathleen Booth, who was telling people about the love of Jesus, Kathleen Booth looked at her and says, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And the woman who is dirty, smelly and drunk says, but do you love me? And Kathleen Booth got down on her knees and cuddled the woman and kissed her. And then she had the privilege of pointing her to Jesus. 
the difficulty there is we want to reach people but from a distance we don't want to get our sleeves rolled up we don't want to get our hands dirty we want people to come in who are married and get two kids and they go abroad every year and they've got no baggage but that's not the way communities are today people are screwed up and mixed up and messed up and Christ is the answer Christ is the answer these people were willing to pay the cost do you want to live for God? do you want to pay the cost? God will be maybe challenging you in the areas of your life where you know that you're not living for God there may be areas of your life and you know you're compromising you're dabbling with sin. There's areas of your life where you're coming in and, and like that old song, oh yes, I'm a great pretender, pretending that I'm doing well. But God looks into your heart this morning. And he may be see bitterness or envy or pride. God wants you to deal with it. I came to know the Lord when I was 18 in Oban, got involved in the church, became a Sunday school teacher, a youth leader, uh, a deacon in the church helped at the communion service and all the rest of it and for four years I lived a lie I would go to church this Sunday welcome people in, hello good to see you and everything looked great but during the week I was dancing with the world and trying to walk with God on a Sunday I was getting up to no good during the week I was going to the, the nightclubs and the discos and enjoying the fruit of all that but then this Sunday I played the part. And four years of my Christian life, God came and convicted me of areas in my life that were not surrendered to God. Areas in my life. And I knew that I was playing at it. And God convicted me of sin and of ungodliness and unrighteous living. And I came four years of my Christian life. I said, God, I'm fed up. I'm fed up with living a lie. I don't want to live like this anymore. Take my nightlife, my sports life, my financial life, every area of my life, I'm fed up. And God done something. I started to get a desire to read and pray and, and all the rest of it. And I want to tell you, if you're here this morning, the most unhappiest place to be is one foot in the world and one foot in the church. One foot kidding on that you're a Christian and then during the week living whatever way you want. God is looking for people who are willing to say, here is my life. I want my life to be dedicated to serving the Lord, to worshiping the Lord and to live for the Lord. Then we'll see great things happen in our community. Then we'll see wonderful things going on in our community. These people were converted because they came to that place where they committed their life to Christ and before we come to finish I just want to say maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're, you're not there yet maybe you've never came to that place and says God here is my life I want to become a Christian I want my life to be dedicated to you wouldn't it be great this morning if you came and says God here is my life I want to begin a, a, a new life and that new life is in Christ I get to Berlin prison after this today and I remember a good few years ago 
visiting a man in Berlin prison, Eddie, and Eddie was a real evil man. You can't dress up, he was evil. He cut people up, he would slice their mouths open like that, they spoke about him, he cut them there and cut them there so they had a bigger mouth and, and they threw people out the high flats and it was put down to suicide. And he was just a right evil fella. But Eddie got down in his knees, this is a short version, got down in his knees in Berlin prison and gave his life to Christ. Repented of his sins and asked God to have mercy and forgiveness and he met with God in Berlin prison. And then the short version is later on he died. And I believe Eddie's rejoicing in heaven and his funeral was massive. All walks of life were there. And to be able to stand up and say, say, Eddie was evil. And you know he was evil. And Eddie hurt people. But Eddie found mercy and forgiveness. And it was at the feet of Jesus in Berlini prison. And I want to tell you, if you're here this morning, you may be thinking you're nice. But the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the only way we can get right with God is coming and repenting of our sins and giving our life to Christ. These people were committed. They were willing to pay the cost of being committed. And God is looking for people. God is looking for people who are willing to pay the cost of being obedient. And the cost for you maybe be coming and putting a guard over your mouth. Because one of the biggest problems in churches today is the Christian mouth. They allow the tongue to say whatever. And they get caught up with gossiping and backbiting, biting about their brothers and sisters in the Lord. I'm sure you've heard about the story that went to the minister and says, Oh, uh, pastor, pastor, uh, I've really met with God and, and, and I've, I've, this woman caused a lot of trouble in the church. And she says, I've really met with God and I've laid my tongue on the altar of God. Now I've laid my tongue on the altar of God and that's it, no more fighting. And then Pastor Turner says, My, my, where did you get an altar big enough? I'll let you work that one out later. <laughs> In other words, the mouth causes a lot of trouble. And friends, sometimes the mouth can cause a lot of trouble in church. Maybe you need to come and confess and repent. And maybe actually maybe apologise to somebody. The cost of going through with God. There's many people today and they're just playing at it. And they're quite content to play at it. But these people weren't content to play at it. They wanted to live for the glory of God. And as we finish, in verse 10 it says, and to, wait for his, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescued us from the coming wrath. And that word, and to wait, it means with wait with patience. Wait with confidence. Wait with expectancy. They were waiting with a joy in their heart because they knew that they were ready ready to meet God and I wonder if God's son had to return today would you be ready would you be ready are you living for the glory of God has your life lived in a way that you would not be embarrassed if Jesus had to return you know as we finish God is looking for people who are willing to pay the cost and go through with him and there was a man called W. Uh, there was a man called D. L. Moody, a man who was mightily used of God. D. L. Moody 
Uh, and what happened is, he came from Chicago, he, was, he used to sell shoes, and he totally dedicated his life to God. And one day D.L. Moody was walking up into a ship, and a woman seemingly shouted, Mr. Moody! Mr. Moody! God is looking for a man that's sold out to him. God is looking for a man that's sold out to him. And D.L. Moody says, by God's grace... I will be that man. And I believe God is looking for people who want to be sold out to him. And I wonder this morning, do you know you need to come and ask God to do something fresh, fresh in your heart this morning, to come say, God, here is my life. Don't want to waste my time anymore. Don't want to waste my talents anymore. I don't want to waste my treasure anymore on things that won't count for eternity. But I want to invest everything, time, talent and treasure in the glory of God for the kingdom of God. Father, as we come before you in the name of Jesus, we pray you take each one of us and that you would use us for your glory. That we wouldn't play at things, but Father, that we would be serious and genuine before you. Whatever you've been saying in our heart this morning, help us to be obedient to you and to your word and to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. We thank you that you want to use each one of us for the glory of God. And we pray, Father, that today you'll find a heart in each one of us that wants to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.